guys, welcome back to episode 49 of Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Cracking episode today, it's a double header. We're going to be featuring Sydney FC's star midfielder, Josh Brillante, and also the rising star of Adelaide United, Ryan Kiddo. Both boys are in absolutely devastating forms for their club, so really excited to bring them on and tell a little bit more about their stories. Before we bring them on, we've had a pretty cracking week this week. This is a third podcast we've actually had this week. We started the week with former Wallabies and ACT Brumbies winger Clyde Rathbone. He's got absolutely marvellous stories when you think that he started all the way in South Africa. He was part Australian, so that's how he ended up on our shores and had an absolutely devastating career before having to retire early. He had his troubles off the field as well with things like depression, but his fight back was quite impressive. And now in post-retirement, he's forging his way quite well with his website, Karma Wiki. If you haven't had a chance yet, please check it out. It will definitely make your day. There's some great stories being posted on there. It just makes you feel good. So I highly recommend that you check out Karma Wiki. On Wednesday, we had two Socceroos on the show, two starting Socceroos in the form of Matt Yerman and Bailey Wright, two of the starting, two of the three starting centre backs for the World Cup bound Socceroos. So if you haven't yet, please check that out. If I can ask a huge favour, please, if you can, if you love the show, please start sharing it with your family and friends. It's the best way for me to get all the messages of all my great guests to more and more people. Also helps me grow as well, and I can just bring a better, and I will try to bring it every single week. We're always going to have some great guests, but yeah, if you can do that for me, that would be fantastic. If you haven't yet, please subscribe for the show. It's free via iTunes or Stitcher. If you've got access to iTunes, if you could please leave me a five-star review, that would be fantastic. If you don't have access to either of them, it's pretty simple. Just jump on the website, www.talkingwithtk.com. All the show notes, there's a player. There's a player for every single episode, so you won't miss anything by jumping on the website. Guys, let's get straight to it. Uh, the first chat I had was with soc- uh, sorry, with former Socceroos midfielder and current star of Sydney FC, Josh Brolante, and here is our chat. All right, guys, my special guest is Josh Brolante. Josh stars in the midfield for Sydney FC, and he's also capped five times for the Socceroos. I welcome my special guest, Josh Berlante. Josh, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, thanks for having me. Absolutely, mate. Well, your form's been absolutely outstanding. From what I saw on Friday night, you were man of the match in that game as well, mate. You and Adelaide are kind of getting a bit of a rivalry from the last couple of weeks. Tell us a little yeah. bit about the game on Friday, Josh. Um, yeah, it was um, it was a difficult game. Obviously, you know, going away and playing Adelaide away from home is, is always hard. But, um, you know, having played them... The week before in the SFA Cup final, um, it is difficult to play the same team so close together. Um, they come out of us firing, and um, we expected that. So we kind of were on the back a little bit defending, but you know sometimes that happens. And and we did we defended really well, and we uh, the last ten minutes of the first half started to string some passes together quite nicely, and um, you know scored a goal just before half time, which was, was was really great going into the second half. Yeah, Josh, your long balls lately, mate. Like, the last three or four weeks, you've been spot on with those long balls. You've been working on that a little bit? 
Yeah, well, um, you know, it's just one thing I'm trying to add to my game, you know, playing those forward through balls, um, you know, playing as many forward balls as I can. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of more of a, a confidence thing rather than something that I've been working on, you know, just lately, you know, just being able to have that thought to yourself to, just to do it instead of, you know, worrying about missing it or anything like that. And, um, yeah, there's been some, it's been paying off a bit lately, which has been good. Yeah, Josh, you know, you spoke about, you know, seeing off Adelaide's fast start and then you guys worked quite well into the game. Considering that Milos Nikovic was also missing, you did guys you did guys really well to pick up points on the road. You seem to be really consistent like that last year. What's what's the formula behind that? Because you sometimes seem to not play as a team that great, but you still pick up the wins. How's that coming about? Yeah, it's um it's something that you know, we have amongst our team is that winning formula, whether, you know, some, sometimes we don't play um, our game the way we normally play, but we seem, still seem to get the results. So I think it's just that, um, that um, you know, show of character within the quality of players and the depth in the team, you know, the players that come in and um, fill spots, you know, from people that come off the bench to even training. Um, just that attitude, you know, to to grind it through through the tough times and um, still still get a result. Yeah, your combination with Brandon O'Neill in the centre of the park, it's it's one of the strengths of the team. Prior to joining Sydney FC, did you and Brandon know each other at all? Yeah, so I knew him a bit through um, kind of the young Aussie camps. Yeah. Um, not too much. Obviously, he was playing in Perth, so I'd, I'd, I hadn't played with him that, that much at all, really. But, um, you know, he's, I love playing with him in the middle of the pitch. Um, he's got that that great attitude to just work hard and you know never give up so it's always it's so good working with him and Mitchell there and you know we have that partnership that um, seems to be working really well so yeah I'm loving it yeah you know this is your third ADD club you've also been overseas you've got a lot of success you've won every single trophy now in Australia in terms of comparing the different cultures where you've been what is it about Sydney FC that just brings so, so much success um, just like the enjoyment, I think the enjoyment of the club, they've got obviously great setup and, and good people around. So being able to have a laugh at training and have that camaraderie within the team and amongst the players makes, makes all the difference, you know? So if you're happy kind of mm. where you're living and off the pitch, it definitely makes a difference when you go into training, you want to work hard and, and play for each other. And we all kind of, you know, worked and had each other's back in the game. You can see it, especially like last year and even the start of this year, the way they've come out. So, um, yeah, that, that, that happiness and, um, you know, being where you are and playing has, um, has made all the difference. Yeah, have you guys spoken as a group in terms of team goals? Because you've also got the Asian Champions League to also to look forward to. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, of course. Um, you know, we do that every season. So, you know, off the back of last year, making history, we want to make history further again by bettering it again this year. So, mm. um, you know, like you said, we've, we've won all the trophies, which is great, but we want to do it again. So, um, so far we've got one piece and we're looking to get the next couple. And then obviously there's Asian Champions League, which is another awesome opportunity, be cool experience. Yeah, for sure. Next game is obviously the, the derby against the Western Sydney Wanderers. They'll be on Saturday. You've got a few days before that. What's the lead-up going to be like that? Because of the amount of games that you guys have played the last couple of weeks, are you going to have a few rest days before you actually, you know, nut in and really 
get down into training later in the week? Uh, not too much. We, you know, we, um, whether we play a lot of games in a small amount of time or it's a bit more spaced out, we always have the same structure and always train the same the same way based on the game. So, you know, it doesn't matter which team you're playing. It's all, we, we always have the same, go into it the same way. So it'll be the same normal build-up for, for like any game for us. And, um, yeah, we've already started our preparations. Yeah, are you guys are on alert a little bit, considering the Wanderers have been a little bit wounded over the last couple of weeks. Last week in front of their home crowd, probably a little bit embarrassed. Are you guys taking note already and got those got those gloves up, just ready for for something just out of the blue from the Wanderers? Uh, not particularly. I mean, you know, we've got our gloves up no matter who we play. Um, we've got this big cargo on our back because everyone wants to beat us. So that's, I see it as a good thing. And um, it makes for a great game every weekend. So we're we're ready, no matter what, no matter who we're playing. Yeah, you know, you just mentioned that that everyone wants to beat you. The intensity of your rivals this year. Have you noticed a mark, marked up sort of intensity from each one? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you watch one team the week before when they play a game, and then you watch the week after when they play us, you can see the increase in intensity in the way they step up to play us. And um, you know, it shows. That um, it's a good it's a good sign for us because yeah. you know that you know everyone is out to try and get us and um, you know where they're you know pushing them back down. Yeah, Josh, it's probably going to be a huge crowd there on Saturday as well. In terms of comparing anything, you know, you played in Italy for a couple of years. Was there anything in Italy that kind of compared from what you saw? Compared to what? Sorry, to the derby in in the Sydney. How? how huge it is in, in Sydney for us. Was there anything that you saw when you were playing in Italy that kind of compared? I mean, obviously, the derbies over there are kind of the same thing. You know, it's got that same fire about it. It's a big games and all the fans love it. and So do the players. So um, there's been, yeah, obviously similar things. But, I mean, for me, when I first came back uh, back to Sydney and we had the first derby at AZ Stadium, I think it was like 62,000. It was my first game too, so... You know, it was it was awesome, awesome feeling. Yeah. You know, things that you'll never forget. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping there'll be another big crowd again um, this weekend. Yeah, Josh, the the move back from Italy and coming to Sydney FC, where did that all come in? When did you first find out that Sydney FC was interested? And then at the time when you were selecting Sydney FC, what were those key ingredients that you were looking for in a good club? Um, I can't particularly remember the exact time of when it kind of came about, but it was more so like it was coming to the end of my second year in Italy, and the, the you know the way I kind of had planned things would would go in Italy weren't really going the way they were yeah. in terms of you know playing you know after a certain amount of time if you're not really playing then not kind of developing as a player, and um, that was one of my goals to try and keep developing and um, so I think yeah Sydney FC coming to the picture about possibly going back and you know playing and redeveloping myself um, and I guess um, Graham Arnold had contacted me and um, you know I had seen what he's done in the past with, with teams and with players and I saw that the way the players that the team was recruiting and the style that they wanted to play and it really appealed to me and um, yeah just, and I've you know, ever since I've moved here it's been, it's been great yeah your form's been absolutely brilliant I saw a stat the other day that at the at the moment you're covering something like 17 
kilometres a game, and you've actually completed more passes than any other player in the, the A-League. Is that something that you've seen? Um, I mean, I've heard a little bit about it. I think 17 cases was something that was um, in the final, which was like 120. Yeah, the FFA so Cup, not yeah. A, not a, yeah, not a normal game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, we, we train hard and work hard at training. So, I mean, if some stats happen in the game, it's great. But, you know, obviously I'm just trying to do my job as a part of the team and get the result. And, um, you know, it's, it's not... I don't play based on stats or anything like that. So I'm just trying to do my thing and work hard. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it, really. Yeah. Josh, to get, just to get the audience just some insights into playing at the, the highest level in Italy, because it does seem from reading a lot of the things that I've read about yourself that it is fairly cutthroat. You only made one mistake. You pulled it off at one at, at half time or just before half time, And, your whole time there changed because of that. Can you just give us a few insights on to how harsh it is actually in Italy? Yeah, well, well, I mean, you know, over, over there it's um, it's a goat dog industry. Um, you know, there's so many, so competitive. There's so many people out to to fill your position and take your place. So, um, yeah, it was it was a strange experience for myself, and it was hard. Um, you know, like everyone's already heard before. It, Played, started, and got, got subbed off. I mean, it wasn't just because of that game. It was a mixture of a lot of things, but um, obviously made it hard. And you know, it was something that helped me develop as a player and a person. So, um, you know, I I take it as a learning curve, and um, they yeah, use it in in that way. Yeah, Josh, the culture over there because you come from a Italian background, don't you? Can you speak Italian? Yeah. Uh, I can now. When I first went over, I didn't. Uh, so that, yeah, it was a challenge in itself, but it was great. I mean, I mean to be able to you know, speak a bit of another language now is um, something yeah. to do, so it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, is that a recipe for kind of getting the best football out of Josh Bellante when you think about, you know, I was born in Australia as well, and I can only imagine getting taken out of your comfort zone and being placed in a place like Italy where yeah. I'm assuming that in your team there was no Aussies, and everything that we grew up with is just totally different from when I've, when I've been over there. It's The culture is just huge. Is that a big thing about you playing your best football, being in a comfortable environment? Yeah, I think not just for myself. A lot of people, you know, if, if someone's in an environment where they're not comfortable or not happy, um, they're not going to be playing their best football either because if you're not training, if you're not turning up to train and you're not as happy as you can be or you prefer to be somewhere else, then um, I don't think you're going to be playing your best football. So... In, in terms of that, I think it's, it plays a huge role in how people, how they play and um, their time at a certain club. So, it, like you said, you know, big change of culture and everything, which was cool. I, I loved it, but it, it is hard, yeah. Yeah, and you, you also went over there at a young age as well. Now, on reflection, you know, you're 24 years old, you've got a lot more experience under your belt. In a couple of years' time, or even maybe next year, is that something in your sights to go back overseas and test yourself again? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, different experiences. I mean, we're talking about football here, but even in life, like, you know, going somewhere else, another country to live and play um, is something that I want to do. So to try and go over in another league and play, develop, still develop and play the top league, um would be awesome. So it's definitely something that's um, in my eyes for the future. But obviously, depending on when and where, is, uh, we'll have to see. 
Yeah, Josh, your Socceroos debut, I was trying to look for where it was. I know it was in 2013. What country did you debut against? Um, I think it was China, maybe. Okay. It was in, when, I think it was when, when Holger was coach. Um, yeah, I think, I think it might have been China, possibly. Okay. Did you get any games under Ange at all? Yeah, I did. I think maybe two or three. Okay, cool. Yeah. And have you had a chance to, because obviously the soccer has got drawn, France, Denmark, and Peru. What do you think? Obviously, they're all highly ranked in the top 15. Yeah. Just looking at off just face value, just obviously we're still a good, what, six months out from the World Cup, but what do you feel about the Socceroos group? Oh, I mean, the quality there is is all there. Um, Obviously, you go into the World Cup, every team that's at the World Cup is of the highest quality, so no matter who you join your group, it's going to be difficult. Um, But, you know... We've done the hard yards getting up to this. Sometimes it's going to be hard to get into that point. Um, there's definitely the quality there. and You know, we've, Australia's got that attitude of, you know, working hard and and doing what, what it takes. So, um, you know, I think it's, um, it's great. And, um, yeah, you know, obviously, if I could possibly be there, it would be great. But, um, no, I think we could do, we could do well. Yeah, definitely. What did you make of the the games against Honduras? Did you did you go out to the stadium at all? No, I didn't. But I did watch it at home. Um, I think I thought they did really well. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, three new wins, great result. Um, you know, the, 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 like I said, the talent's there. So it's um, yeah, no, it was, I think the squad's looking great. Yeah, and I know you're pretty versatile. You can also play right back. Are you still comfortable playing there if the coach? Sticks you in there? Uh, it's. I mean, I have played there a, a, a fair bit, but at the moment, I wouldn't be. I mean, I could easily do a job there, but obviously, over the last couple of years, I've played been playing in midfield, so to just get shifted straight away would be difficult. But um, yeah, you know, that's like it's part of um, I me mean, as a footballer. You know, being of you know, played in a few different positions, so yeah, I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, and just even the way you play in midfield, you know, you protect the, the back four quite a bit, but at the same time, because we spoke about your stats and your running ability as well, you kind of play like a, a second number 10 as well. Is that something that you've always been like since a kid? Um, no, since a kid, I've, I've kind of... I was always a midfielder, but I played, I'd probably say, a bit more higher up, you know, getting forward, trying to score more. I was a little kid, you want to score as much as you can. Um, but yeah, just... I think maybe in the, the, the recent years of transitioned to more of like a more solid defensive midfielder, which is, um, yeah, something I've been working on. Fantastic. Well, Josh, all the best of luck for this weekend's clash with the Wanderers. Before I let you go, everyone get following Josh. He's pretty active on his Instagram, and that's just Josh Berlante, and I'll have that on the show notes. But, yeah, get following Josh and show him some support. And Josh, like I said, all the best of luck for Saturday, the rest of the season, and all the best, hopefully, for the Socceroos next year as well, buddy. Thanks so much. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the chat with Josh. Please go and go ahead and follow him on Instagram. He's pretty active on that. Give him plenty of support. Big shout-out to Sydney FC's David Warner for setting up the interview. Really appreciate that, David. Guys, next on the show, someone that's really, really impressed me at the moment as well as Josh. Like, I think 
there's a handful of guys that, depending on who the next coach for the Socceroos is going to be, these guys are going to get watched very closely into the next World Cup. There's no doubt there's probably going to be one or two probably bolters or kind of development players taken to the World Cup. So I've got a handful of guys such as Daniel De Silva from the Central Coast Mariners, Josh Berlante, Ryan Kiddo, who's on next, and also Dimitri Petrados from Newcastle. I think those four boys, if there's going to be anyone from the A-League that's going to make it, those four have really stood out this year, so best of luck to all the boys. But let's get straight to it. I really am excited to bring you a little bit more about Ryan Kiddo, and here was my chat with Ryan. All right, guys, my special guest is Ryan Kiddo. Ryan is an attacking midfielder for the Adelaide United in the A-League. He's previously also played at the Newcastle Jets, and on the international scene, he's also represented Australia at the under-23s level. I welcome Ryan Kiddo. Ryan, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Tristan. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, mate. You've been on absolute fire, Ryan. I'll go for the Wanderers. I'll tell you that straight away. You absolutely torched us a couple of weeks ago. Also, I remember that game against Central Coast where you scored the match winner. Tell me a little bit about... It's pretty much like a breakthrough year for you, Ryan. Just yeah, tell me, um, what's it all down to, buddy? Oh, it's just been uh, it's been enjoyable so far. Obviously, uh, I've got an opportunity because there's there's been a few injuries throughout the team, and um, I've been able to contribute and um, put some goals away, which has been nice. It's probably something I haven't done in previous seasons, so um, it's been good to to get that reward and um, to contribute to the team's performance. And and yeah, we're sitting not too bad at the moment, so hopefully we can push on from here. Yeah, Ryan, you just seem to be at the right place at the right time. What was there some training over the off season? Is it getting influenced by some senior guys in the club at the moment? What do you put your foot down to it? Yeah, I think I'm in a good environment at the moment. Um, I'm in my home state, so uh, life's good off the field, and I, I'm in a I'm in a, a good place on the field as well. I really enjoy um, my teammates' company, and we're all working hard for each other. And I'm I'm really enjoying working under Marco and his staff. So. Um, yeah, I think when you're enjoying your football, then um, the rest can take care of, can take care of itself. Yeah, you just mentioned Marco. He seems like such an interesting character, and at the same time, having a look at the body language between you guys being players and your coach, it just seems like you've got such a tight bond there. Can you tell us just a little bit about that bond that you do have with the coach? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it all started pre-season. It's been uh, um, I haven't. I think it's my third season. Eight third season in the A-League, so haven't been around for a long time, but it's definitely the hardest pre-season I've done. So um, straight away we um, put in from day one, and um, I think um, all that hard work's made us want to get something out of the year, and um, you know, Marco really believes in us, and we believe in the game style. So I think when you've got that combination and, um, and everyone's um, playing with, with confidence and, and enjoyment, then um, anything can happen. Yeah. Ryan, you seem to be floating a little bit from the right to the left, back into the middle, backing up the strikers and things like that. For you, preference-wise, where's the preferred position on the field? I'm obviously happy to um, play wherever at the moment. Obviously, um, game time is the key. I had a bit of an opportunity at left-back last week as well. So um, wherever Marco decides um, I'm required or where there's an opportunity, I'm happy to put my hand up. But I think it's um, fair to say I do enjoy playing most of my football probably on the left-hand side, being a, being a left-footer um, just makes um, a bit more natural with, with crosses and things. But um, like I said, if I play on the right, then I can come inside or 
wherever's asked, I'm, I'm happy as long as I'm out there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Ryan, take me back to the start and the origins of your career. What age did you first pick up the ball, mate? Yeah, so um, I actually grew up in a country town um, called McLarenvale in South Australia, well known for their wine. Um, oh, nice. So I grew up I grew up playing a, a, a mixture of sports, uh, football, cricket and, and soccer or football. Um, and yeah, just chose the round ball and um, progressed through there and um, was lucky enough to be in um, some the state teams and institute programs growing up. And um, yeah, I just took a loving for the game and, and really enjoyed it. Yeah, were you very competitive as a youngster? Definitely. Um, don't like losing and still don't like losing, whether, <laughs> that's a, whether it's a board game or a football game. Uh, I think it annoys people at times, but I think it's a good trait to have, and um, I think all us uh, sports people are very competitive. Yeah, well, you had some great influences. You know, yourself as a left footer, we came up as a, in an era you grew up pretty much where Harry Kill dominated on the field. Was was he one of your idols? Definitely was. Um Love watching him um, work his trade over in England at Leeds, and then later with Liverpool, and and then um, was fortunate enough to see him in the A League for a few years as well. And yeah, it was uh, he's definitely one player that um, I idolised growing up, and really enjoyed how how he played the, the game and went about it. Yeah, and who are some of the other idols or major influences early on that you know you really took a liking to? Yeah, so another player for me would be um, Gareth Bale, obviously in recent times being a left footer. Mm, yep. I just like his powerfulness and, and how he goes about it. Um, so yeah, probably Gareth Bale and Harry Kew would be the two players that um, I've, I've taken a liking to. And um, then obviously I've got other people like my family and, and friends who also inspire me um, off the field. So I think it's a good combination to have. And mm. yeah. You know, you spoke about, you know, making rep teams and things like that. You also you know, spoke about being a competitive child. What age were you, Ryan, when you thought seriously that you could give it a good crack at it professionally? Well, oh, it's, a, it's a tough question. Um, I think you grow up and, and you always have a dream and um, you keep chasing that dream. And um, as a young player, I was always a smaller boy um i didn't probably grow properly until i was later probably about um 17 18 so um i actually didn't get in the, to the adelaide united youth team i trialed for three years before i was successful in making it and um i made it when i was 18 and then from there um yeah i was able to, to progress but obviously also had the setback i was in the youth team during the 2013-14 a-league season and managed to play a couple of games but Unfortunately, at the end of that campaign, I wasn't able to get a senior contract, so I, I had to go back to um, play NPL football at West Torrens Bacala. And um, at that moment, I wasn't sure whether I was ever going to get that chance again. Um, so then I got was fortunate enough to get a phone call from Newcastle and um, and get a chance there. So um, I've always believed, but there's definitely been setbacks and, and speed bumps I've had to overcome. But um, I'm definitely grateful for the road I've taken because I think it's made me um, very appreciative of what I have now and um, I've seen firsthand how quickly this, this privilege we have can be taken away from us. So it just makes me want to work hard every single day to, um, to keep my, my career going. Yeah, that's a great attitude. Those three years when you're actually trying to make it in the youth league, you know, you're 15, 16, 17 years old, was there ever a stage where you thought that you might give the game away at all? Um. I never was going to give the game away because because I love playing it. So um, I just um, I have good people around me, and they always said whatever level you can make it, find that level. And 
and impact that as best as you can at that level. So um, if it wasn't to be that I could make the National Youth League, then I was going to try and, and be the best possible player I could within the NPL. Um, and if that wasn't the case, then in, in State League. So um, I suppose it never came into my mind that I didn't want to play the game. Um, but yeah, of course, sometimes you have doubt as to as to what level you can reach. But unfortunately, I had a bit of luck and with a bit of hard work, I got there eventually. Yeah, when you didn't get that contract at, at Adelaide United into the senior team, did they chat to you about exactly what they were looking for you to improve in? Or was it just such a cutthroat sort of area that you kind of just left to fend for yourself for a few years? Yeah, I think it was a pretty cutthroat period. Um, at the time, they had signed numerous boys from the RAS directly, so they were coming into the squad and we had the likes of Awa Mabil, who was lighting the league up as well as a young winger. So um, I think it was a case of wrong place, wrong time. So um, and it was a matter of me going back in, um, to the NPL, which was um, in the end a good decision for me because I was able to go away and, and play 27 games in a in a season um, and score score some goals and regain my confidence. So And also love for the game because obviously when you have a setback, um, it's always disappointing and you lose confidence and sometimes you, know, you might question your own ability but um, to go, be able to go back in that environment and, and play a full season and score goals really made me believe again so um, I think it was just a case of uh, wrong place, wrong time and um, you need a bit of luck in this game and unfortunately at that time I, I didn't have luck Yeah, your debut, Ryan, was in 2013 I'm, I'm pretty sure it was against Central Coast Mariners Was it? Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, yep. Yeah, did you come off the bench, yep. was it? Yeah, so it was a crazy, crazy period. I hadn't actually even... I'd only just signed for the Youth League a couple of weeks before and I hadn't even played a National Youth League game yet. We were due to play that weekend and um, I got a chance at a training session with the first team um, because they had injuries and they wanted to play 11v11 games. So um, Joseph Gondal was coach at the time and um, called a few of his youngsters up and... Um, took a bit of a liking to me and I actually did alright and funnily enough I found myself on the bench that weekend making my debut in the A-League before I played a youth league game so it was it was crazy it was unexpected but um, something that I'll always remember Yeah, do you remember breaking the news to your parents and your, your best friends? Yeah, I do and um, a lot of people didn't believe me at first um, <laughs> it was I remember call obviously I called my family first to let them know that I was going to be going away and they went yeah it's it's round one of the youth league yeah of course and I'm like no I'm going away with the with the big boys I've been caught up the A league and <laughs> they were very surprised and um, obviously very proud and happy and it just shows how quickly um, things can change I couldn't crack the youth team three years prior and then I was sitting on the bench for the for my boyhood boyhood club that I grew up loving so um, yeah it was it was a good moment and. Something like I said, I always remember. Yeah, back then, you know, it's four years ago now. But who stood out in your own mind, and maybe still stands out today, about maybe someone that took you under their wing, or maybe showed just some great leadership towards you? Um, there was people within that side. Obviously, um, I looked up to the likes, even though he was a younger player than me. But I was um, really inspired by what AY was doing at the time. Um, yeah. That guy, he had incredible incredible skills, but his attitude was first class, and he his work rate at training was um, something that I was really uh, drawn to. And um, he had all the flashy skills, but I tell you what, he he worked bloody hard as well. So 
um, as a young player, to see that and see what he had achieved um, was very inspiring. But also the likes, um, Sergio Thera was uh, new to the club then and playing on the left-hand side and, and somebody that um, I looked up to and really liked how he went about his football and how and how he played on the weekend. So I had a number of good uh, good people to, to watch and, and learn off and um, try and pick their brain as much as I could. Yeah, Ron, when you're not a senior member of a squad and you're also in the youth team, do you have to also work at the same time? Um, so at that period, I was full-time at university. Um, yep. So that was, I suppose, um, at my work. So work was, was football. Um, and, and then, yeah, I had to go to uni um, throughout the day. But um, that becomes difficult as you start to get called up um, into trainings. Obviously, the senior team trains throughout the day. So then you have to start... Um, yeah chopping classes here and there where you can, but fortunately the university were really flexible and um, really open to what I was doing. And, um, yeah, and I suppose you have to make decisions and and sometimes with football you only get one chance. So for me it was it was clear that I wanted to try and take that chance and um, that became my number one priority. Yeah, did you end up finishing the uni degree? I did. So um, obviously when things didn't... Um, Things went south. Adelaide United the year after, and I didn't get that contract. My first thing that I did after I went back to to MPL was to um, pick my uni up full time, and and now I finished it off while still playing. So I've got a degree in Bachelor of Applied Science in Human Movement, and I've actually just started my Masters of Teaching as well. So oh, um, I find it really refreshing and um, something I really enjoy, and it's also um, it's just good to take your mind somewhere else sometimes away from football because. As always, no, things aren't always rosy, but it's good to have something else to focus on and take your mind off at times. Yeah, I'm finding that more and more now, especially with players, you know, taking up master's degree, whether it's an online course or face-to-face, they are taking steps to have something that they can fall on after football because, obviously, as you know, situations can can change from year to year. Was that something that you kind of, because of your own situation, you took a look at or did you have an advisor in that area yeah um it was always my um I have a passion once I left school if I couldn't be a footballer I wanted to be a PE teacher and at the time well, I was just playing NPL football um so my pathway was to go to university so I was fortunate in um that I had that drive and I already had that chance but just being involved with football now in the program where I'm really encouraged from the PFA um to to study if we can because there, there is a life after football so we can be as best prepared um, it's going to help us in the long run but like I said also in the short term because I think it's a really good um, thing to be able to take your mind somewhere else at times and, and put your focus um, somewhere else just for a couple of hours if you can a day yeah fantastic you mentioned going back into the state league with West Torrance tell me a little bit about the situation when you got there when you got there, were you the? How long did it take to actually gel into the team? Because you were coming from Adelaide, did they think you were a big shot, or was that just a great club to go through? They're pretty down to earth. Uh, it was definitely a great club. So that was the club I was at previously. So um, it was an easy decision for me to to want to go back there and uh, and play along with 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 my mates and in an environment that I was comfortable with. And um, we had a fantastic coach at the time, and he gave me a lot of freedom to play and with freedom come confidence and with confidence came goals. So um, it was a really a good time for me, a really enjoyable time for me. And 
um, I'll always be grateful for what they did for me as a club because um, the the confidence and the belief they showed in me was what elevated me to that next level again. So uh, it's, a, it's a special club and you know, I'll always be grateful for what they've done. Yeah, and then the next move, as you already mentioned, was to the Newcastle Jets. How did that move come, come about? Yeah, so um, it was pretty crazy. I'd actually gone, I'd had a good season and there'd been a little bit of interest and um, I'd actually gone over to Perth for two days before the transfer window finished um, to have a trial there, but unfortunately nothing came of that and I thought, oh, no, oh no, that's here it is again, but then I got a call from Newcastle with the opportunity as an injury replacement, so um, they gave me two weeks to go over there and, and trial and Fortunately, within a couple of days, um, Scott Miller and JP um, liked what they saw and, and gave me a chance. And um, I was very grateful for that chance as well. And I really enjoyed my time at Newcastle. Yeah, you end up getting a few games. From my stats, it says you, you played 18 games, you scored a couple of goals. What was it like living away from your family for the first time? Yeah, it was definitely um, different, but um, something I really enjoyed. I think I learned to to grow up very quickly both on and off the field um can so yeah it was i can cook <laughs> i can cook now um <laughs> I, I wouldn't be inviting you over for dinner if you were in adelaide though tristan but <laughs> I, I, i've got i've got a bit better so no um it was good i really like i said it was it was good for me i enjoyed it and it made me grow up fast and i, I learned so much there and um i think yeah hold me in good stead for now yeah and then obviously the move back last year, back to Adelaide. When did you first find out that your old club actually wanted you back? Um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty much at the end of the, of the A-League season. Um, my future was, was in, in jeopardy, I guess, again. I didn't know where I stood and what was going to happen, as we know this game is like a roller coaster. So, um, yeah, fortunately, um, Adelaide showed interest. And for me, it was um, they just won the championship and... A few players were moving on who were, played a similar position to me and I saw it as a, as a good fit and a good opportunity um, to come back and, and play in my hometown. And um, Obviously, last year didn't go as, as successfully as we would have liked. Um, we didn't do very, do, didn't achieve what we wanted to, but um, I think we started so this year um, quite well and hopefully we can go on with it. Yeah, obviously, the year before last, Adelaide won the competition trying to defend the title in a team that you didn't win a competition win, did you notice an intensity from the teams playing you that they really wanted to knock you off? Yeah, definitely. I think you go from um, being, the, being the hunter to being the hunted. And um, The year before when I was at Newcastle, Adelaide were the, I think were the benchmark in terms of the football um, they played. Them and the Wanderers, I thought Wanderers like physically were fantastic and the football they played as well was very good, but Adelaide just had something special about them, especially to start the year um, not winning a game in the first seven rounds and then to to really come from nowhere and um, yeah, really set the competition alight. So, uh, yeah, the year after, I think everyone knew what they were capable of and um, went out there and, yeah, was weather-hunted. And um, unfortunately, we, we couldn't really adapt and we played a couple of good games um, early and we conceded a couple of last-minute goals. I remember against the Wanderers and, and against Victory. And um, I think the team lost confidence. And then from there, it was difficult to get back up. But, um, um, you know, we're in a good place so far this year. And I think 
we had a, a lot of young players that benefited, benefited from the opportunities that we received and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be better for it this year. Yeah, let's look to this year now. You know, you guys have achieved already so much. You've made the FFA Cup final. In terms of all the teams that have played Sydney so far, you guys look like the, the most likely probably to beat them. Let, let's start there with the rivalry. You know, you've played them two times in two weeks. Within the playing group, are you guys sensing that you're going to be probably the most likely to beat Sydney FC this year? I think um, everyone on their day is is, is good. There's, uh, the one good thing about the A-League is there is no easy game. Um, you've got to be up for it every single week. And um, I think uh, we had a very good game plan against Sydney and we went in there and executed it, but unfortunately we just couldn't um, produce that final ball which... which could uh, lead to a goal. So um, we've taken a lot of confidence from our performance, um, uh, but hopefully next time we can go one step better um, starting this this Friday night against Melbourne Victory. Yeah, talk to me about the FFA Cup because when you guys hit extra time, you guys had a really good first half. Were you guys sensing that you were on top heading into the changeover at half at half time of the extra time? Yeah, um, we had a couple of really good chances, and um, unfortunately, once again, we couldn't we couldn't take them. Um, and then, yeah, they've scored from a free kick. But I think definitely at the half time of extra time, we were um, confident as a group, and we felt like uh, this could be our moment. But if you don't take your chances, unfortunately, you don't win a game. And credit to Sydney, they took their chance and, and went on with it, which was um, disappointing and obviously hurt us. But um, it's also made us stronger and tighter as a group, and um, we've come close to winning something so hopefully we can uh, keep working hard in the A-League and, and be there come uh, the end of the season Yeah, obviously Friday night big game against your arch rivals Melbourne victory they've actually looked a lot more promising than they did at the start of the year when they lost a lot of international players so that kind of derailed their season to start have you guys had a, a chance to have a look on tape at victory much yet? Yeah, we've um, obviously been preparing for them this week and we'll can continue to review them in the lead up to Friday, but there's no secret. They're, they're a very good team. They're a big club in the A-League and they've got very good players. So um, we're definitely going to have to be at our best if we want to take something from the game. And obviously it is a, a special game being the original rivalry and it means a lot to our fans as it does theirs. So hopefully there's a big crowd Friday night and we can put in a good performance. Yeah, where's Friday night? Is it Amy Park or is it at Etihad this week? Uh, at Etihad this week, so I haven't played there yet, so something to look forward to. Yeah, fantastic. That's going to be an indoor venue, so I guess, yeah, is that something that you've never done as well before? No, I haven't played at Etihad and I haven't played indoors, so um, I think, yeah, it'll be a good chance. Obviously, um, conditions are going to be um, perfect, so there's going to be no excuse, and hopefully we can play some good football and execute um, the game plan that um, we want to. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ryan, a couple of personalities questions just to wrap things up. You wear the number 22. Is there any meaning behind that? Um, no meaning. Uh, I, liked, uh, I liked 11, but unfortunately couldn't have 11, so I thought, oh, I'll go 22. <laughs> and then, funnily enough, this year, Ersan Gullen came back, and uh, he wanted 22, and somehow I popped up with number 7. So, yeah, I've been wearing number 7 this year, and I've um, scored a few goals in it, so now I want to keep it. It's good. <laughs> There you go, which is always good. Ryan, outside of your own home ground, where's your favourite venue to play? Um, I would say Blue Tongue, the Blue Tongue Stadium. I, I think it's just a, a unique 
uh, unique stadium and like a little picturesque. Um, there's just no other place like it. And I've also obviously made my debut there and um, played in a couple of F3 derbies with Newcastle and um, then this year scored the winner there. So it's it's been a, a good place for me and um, holds good memory. So I'd say that would be my favourite ground outside of obviously Cooper Stadium. Yeah, it's a fantastic venue. Now, Ryan, do you have any superstitions before a game? I try not to have any superstitions, um, but I do like to um, put my right boot and right shin guard on first. But other than that, that's, <laughs> a, that's about that's about it. Um, but yeah, I try to just keep it as simple as possible and, and not be thinking about my superstitions. Instead, what I need to do for the game ahead. But yeah, that's just a little one that I like to do. All right, Ryan, I'm going to take you back to your childhood. What posters did you have in your bedroom all growing up? Uh, a lot of Manchester United posters. Um, I was also actually an Essendon fan, so I had a few Essendon photos, but uh, there was Manchester United um, posters galore. Um, obviously, uh, as well, Harry Kuehl, I had a couple of him. Um, there wasn't much much wallpaper space, and I remember when I had to move houses, um, blue pack, pulled a bit of the wallpaper off, so I don't think mum and dad were too happy, but I enjoyed it growing up. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been over to England to watch any of the games? Um, yes, I went over, uh, would have been in 2008, um, and um, the best game I got to see was, was Bolton Wanderers versus Arsenal um, at the Reebok Stadium, and Arsenal were 2-0 two, two down at half-time and came back on 1-3-2, and the likes of Fabregas and Percy were playing for Arsenal, so uh, wow. it was there's something else, and um, I suppose, yeah, that would be uh, a dream to be able to do something like that, and um, it's, a, it's another level over there. They just live it and breathe it, and it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, as a footballer, is that just something always in the back of your mind to, to play overseas? I think, yeah, if you ever got the opportunity, you're going to take it with both hands. Um, I think always growing up, my dream has been to play for my, for my country, first and foremost, and and obviously overseas as well is, is the opportunity arose. So um, it's something you keep in the back of your mind and um, something you always strive for and work hard every single day because you never know what happens in, in football, as we know. If something good can happen, something bad can happen. you just got to be prepared and, and take anything that comes your way with both hands. Yeah, Ryan, you did play for the Socceroos under-23s a couple of times. Did any of the other boys progress through the professional ranks? Um, who... I think there's been a few boys from the Oli Roos that have um, featured for the Socceroos. Adam Taggart was in that squad and yep. he played a couple of times at the World Cup, started against Spain. Um, he's the first one that comes to mind from our group that's, um, yeah, probably played the, um, well, from that tournament that I went away with that's gone on with it and played for the Socceroos. Okay. Ryan, final question, mate. You're going to be hosting a private dinner party. You've got five invites. Now, only rules, no family or friends, but it can be anyone, dead or alive. Who would you like to invite? Ooh, that's, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I get that a lot. Or I definitely want to... Oh, I'll have to throw... It's probably going to be boring, and I probably want to pick footballers' brains. So um, I'd love to have... Harry Kuehl and Gareth Bale in there, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, being a Man U fan, I'm telling, I'm telling myself to invite the class of 92, so the five of them, whether that's Beckham, the Neville, Scolzi oh, and Nicky Butt, I reckon if you've got them sitting down um, having dinner at a table, I reckon there'd be a few good stories there and uh, a couple of brains that you could pick. Um, so I'd probably, probably have to go with George them. Best. Yeah, well, there's another one. It's, the list is endless, isn't it? 
No, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. Have you seen his documentary? There was one, there was a 30 for 30. I'm not sure if you watch them on ESPN, but it was absolutely brilliant. I haven't seen that one, but I've, I've seen many. I've seen the class of 92 and um, and Munich as well. Um, I really enjoy it, obviously. Um, Manchester United is a very historic club, and um, I, yeah, I grew up supporting them, and um, yeah, a club that I really, really like. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate you joining me on the show today. Before I let you leave, I know that you're on Instagram, and that channel is Ryan underscore kiddo. Are you on any other social medias? I couldn't find any. No, mate, not to be honest. Um, not a huge social media person, but um, yeah, if anyone wants to give a follow on Instagram, I, I might post once every six months, so <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> well, everyone get following Ryan. It's usually a pretty good post, seeing it's every six months. Ryan, my man, all the best of luck for Friday night, mate, and hopefully we'll have another chat soon during the year. Thanks, Tristan. I really appreciate it. It's been good. Guys, we hope you enjoyed finding out a little bit more about Ryan Kiddo. He's a great guy, so please do continue to support him. Follow him on Instagram at his channel. I have that all in the show notes. A big shout-out to Demetrius at W Sports and Media for setting up the interview. Really appreciate it, Demetrius, and I look forward to working with you closely in the future. Guys, next week, it's an absolute cracking week for me. It's my 50th anniversary of this show. So I thought I'd bring an absolute legend and I couldn't think of anyone better. So I brought in tennis legend Pat Cash and yeah, I'm really looking forward to bringing you a little bit of Pat and yeah, I recorded it last night. So it's going to be, it's really interesting. Went for about an hour and 20 minutes and uh, I'm really appreciative for Pat for giving me some of his time. But yeah, it was a great chat, plenty of stories and plenty of highlights. So Please look out for that one. Guys, if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me at Talking with TK on Twitter and on Facebook. On Instagram, I'm Tristan Nell. So please look me up, get, get in touch. Any guest requests or suggestions for the show, please send them through on email, Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. As I said at the start of the show, best way for me to continue to grow this show is if you tell your family and friends. So if you think someone would enjoy it, please let them know or tag me in a post on social media. All right, guys. Well, I'm really looking forward to bringing you the 50th episode of Talking With TK. So I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend and we'll chat soon.